Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Going pretty well. I spent most of the day writing up a a fantasy breakdown of the MLB All-Star game. So excited to talk to something uh, that's even a little bit, uh, maybe even harder to predict in uh, golf so it's just been a fun day prepping for stuff I think this is an underrated sports time of the year yeah definitely I feel like there's been a lot of good events love a good deal sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day sale entire store 50 to 70 percent off dresses from 1999 polos from 1699 find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory that have happened obviously we just had the the World Cup uh, obviously a lot of NBA news. Uh, it's definitely fun. Right. Definitely we're, underrated. we're both in the Scott Fishbowl, which has been, you know, like a big talking point in the fantasy community. And I was just telling you, I got my brand new uh, softball bat. You know, slow pitch uh, playoffs are on the horizon. So I'm excited. Wow. Playoffs. Now, what uh, I mean, did you guys earn that or is that like everybody makes it? There are six teams in our division. Four make the playoffs. Um, we spent most of the year. This is honestly, it's a very good division, very tight. We spent most of the year in first, but I think we've drifted to like the third spot. So Uh-oh. we're still trying to hold on and uh, secure our playoff berth here. But you know, regardless of of where we finish, I think we have a chance to to take it home. You know, we're a pretty good team. Nice. Yeah, I always uh, you know, I'm just on the lookout for the Johnny. The Johnny texts with the with the emojis. Oh yeah. Once I once I see that, I know that it's been a good night. Yeah, which I didn't realize he apparently stole from Didi Gregorius. Does it after all the Yankee wins? So yep. I, I had no know, idea. I did not know that. I learned something. Um, apparently, I need to step up my my Twitter follows on the baseball side. <laughs> well, before we get into today's show, I just want to remind everyone you can get a listeners only thirty percent discount. To Rotoviz NFL Pass by subscribing through the podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Today we're talking Open Championship, the third golf major of the year. I mean, is it, I don't want to call it the worst, but is it like the least heralded? Like, I feel like we love, we love Augusta. We love the, the US PGA. Open. The PGA oh, yeah. is by far the, the redheaded stepchild of the group. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Open has some cool history. You know, they play it on like these really old courses. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely still some prestige to the open compared to the PGA, which they're always constantly talking about ways to make the PGA more, you know, like fun and, uh, important, but, uh, yeah, the open definitely dwarfs the PGA still. Just like add a stroke line or something like a three point line in basketball, (laughs) just put like a, put a line somewhere on the green. If you put it in from further out, you you get an extra stroke or something. I don't know. Make it, make it fun. I don't know. If it's that bad. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's that bad. 
but maybe you know maybe i'll use my connections i'll put you in touch with the uh, pga tour commissioner my man uh so (laughs) for those of you who don't already know the open championship this year will be played at carnoustie the first time since 2007 Uh, it is a tough course it'll definitely play that way this weekend there is weather in the forecasts so you know, high winds, all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, I feel like this always happens for the majors. We did, we dealt with the same thing for the U.S. Open. I just feel like the, the worst weather rolls through, manages to roll through for these these big tournaments. I don't know why. Well, it doesn't help that they pick continually pick courses that are like right on the water. Yep. You know, like uh, I mean, and Carnoustie, like you said, definitely gonna be tough. Its nickname is Carnasty. So it's uh, it's gonna be a real challenge for these guys. Um, I do think, like you said, the weather is going to be a huge factor. So you uh, probably want to monitor the tee times and when the weather is going to be worse throughout the day and try to take advantage of that. I know you can, you know, sort of stack tee times in daily fantasy sports. And in terms of round betting, you know, you, there can definitely be a big, big edge in that, too. You know, look back at the third round of the U.S. Open. The guys who went off in the later part of the day were just dead. You know, so if you were taking only guys who fin- who started early, uh, you would have done really well. So um, I think weather is definitely an underrated factor and something that I'm personally going to be keeping my eye on for sure. I love it. Uh, Carnoustie's a 7,402-yard par 71 link-style course. As always, we're going to talk to you about DraftKings. We're going to talk to you about some betting opportunities that you can make at the Open Championship and we're going to start with some of the key stats. Here are the things that I'll be looking at this week. Uh, strokes gained on par fours, bogey avoidance, strokes gained, tee to green, birdie or better percentage, and scrambling. I mean, for the most part, you know, birdie or better, I, I say it every show that we've done. I, I always look at birdie or better. But obviously, if the course is going to play tough, we're going to think scoring is low. Uh, we're going to want to avoid bogeys. We're going to need to scramble. Uh, and then past that, I mean, we just want the guys who are going to be able to find the greens and, you know, score on the par fours because there are 13 par fours in the course. The uh, the yardage really ranges, so it's not as specific as maybe the couple of the other majors we've talked about, but I still think you need to do well on those par fours. So uh, that's where I'm at with the stats, Matt. What do you got? Yeah, I agree. I, I think par four scoring is important. Um, scrambling, I think, is huge. I, I almost never weight scrambling in my model, but... Each of the past five champs at this tournament have been top seven or better for the week at scrambling. So uh, I think you really want good scramblers this week, and uh, that's actually going to be one of the the heaviest weights that I put into my entire model. Um, ball striking, so greens and regulation are going to be huge for me, both recent and long term. Uh, and then distance is something that I don't think you want to weight at all here. You know, uh there's definitely opportunities for guys to hit irons if you want. I mean, Brent Snedeker posted something on Twitter where he hit like a three iron, 330 yards. The The fairways are super baked out right now. You're going to get a ton of roll on the ball. So uh, I think that for the most part, guys who don't feel comfortable hitting the driver won't have to. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not waiting any sort of driving statistics at all, particularly distance, but also accuracy, because I think that a lot of these guys are going to be hitting less than driver on a lot of holes. And then again, weather, it's not something that I can put into my model, but it's something that I think could be a really underrated factor in this tournament that I'm going to be monitoring. 
Yeah, absolutely. I am a uh, a member of uh, Fantasy National, and they have in their golf models they have a thing you can check off that says uh, "Windy AF." So <laughs> I have I have checked that off, and I have looked through some of like the you know best guys, you know T to Green and, and Total Strokes Gain and stuff in the wind or in the windy AF conditions. So definitely entertaining to look at, but yeah, I agree. It'll be important. Uh, so we'll go through each segment of the betting market. We'll give you our favorite picks. For my bookie, we'll also talk a little Millie Maker. Definitely want to make sure you guys have a good shot at taking that down. And we're going to start with the favorites. All of our odds, of course, are courtesy of my bookie. Uh, the favorite, once again, is Dustin Johnson, 11-1. Uh, but there's a bunch of other guys here under 20 that I think you can take a look at. Justin Rose, 16-1. to Ricky Fowler, 16-1. to uh, Rory and Spieth are also 16-1. to and then uh, Tommy Fleetwood, John Rahm, and Justin Thomas are all 18 to 1. Matt, who do you like in this group? Yeah, so I, I think that this is a really good week to target Dustin Johnson. Um, maybe not for betting purposes, because again, like, you know, getting uh, only 11 to 1 on him is, is thin. But I think that most people are going to avoid him this week on DraftKings and sort of look to build with some of these cheaper guys, maybe, maybe look for like a really nice balanced team. But I think that Dustin Johnson still, every week he plays, has the highest ceiling of any golfer in the field. So, you know, I already mentioned my model doesn't take any driving numbers into account this year, which uh, I think, you know, most people would think Dustin Johnson gets the majority of his edge from. But he's still rating as the top golfer in my model, even with zero driving statistics being factored in. So um, Fantasy Labs is only projecting him for 13 to 16% ownership. I think that this is a really nice opportunity to sort of hop on him where the ownership is going to be, you know, less than what it would be at a, a traditional major where people are going to want to lean on, you know, big drivers. See, that's interesting because uh, Roto Grinders has him at 26%. So a little bit of discrepancy there uh, for DJ. But certainly if he's not going to be like Uber Chalk, like, like we had this whole conversation for the Open, uh, the U.S. Open. Like, oh, like he's going to be he's going to be the chalk. Like he can't play DJ. And then he came in like kind of low in all yeah, these tournaments. Sub 20 percent for sure. Yeah. So like I feel like that same thing could definitely happen again here, regardless of of what like any any of the models say, because, uh, you know, top guy on the board, the conversation I feel like always comes up of like, oh, you should just fade him because he's going to be over owned. And then he ends up being a little under. So I, I definitely agree with you on DJ. Uh, I really like Rory and Justin Thomas in this range. I think that they are probably two of the three or four lowest owned guys in like this top tier. Uh, and obviously they're great golfers. I mean, uh, Justin Thomas's long-term form is awesome. He's, he's first in my mile, uh, model. If you look at just his last 50 rounds, second over his last 100. So his long-term form is really good. He hasn't played great golf uh, recently, but you know, again, I still one of the best players in the world. I think that he certainly has a chance to, uh, you know, show up in a big way. Uh, and Rory is kind of the opposite. I mean, he's he hasn't been bad long term, but his short term form, like 24 rounds and less, uh, he's been amazing. So if you just look at the, the key stats I was mentioning before, uh, he's 34th in scrambling, but he's top 10 in every other stat. So uh, obviously one of the best golfers in the world. And if he's under 10 percent, I, I think that Rory is a, a good buy. Yeah, he's been like 8.5 percent or or lower in the majority of his tournaments this year, um, which definitely could make him a nice contrarian option. 
my recent form statistics only look at the last six rounds, and his numbers aren't as impressive. Um, particularly his scrambling, he's been sub 50%. Um, but he's a guy who's who has struggled with the putter, which has held his results down. And I always like targeting guys, um, you know, who are due for some putting regression. So I have no problem with Rory. I think Justin Rose, once again, is going to be the chalk. You know, he's just sort of like this super consistent golfer. Um, he is a European, which I do think that's going to be an angle that a lot of people take is they're going to want you know, to fade some of the American guys who don't play a ton of link style golf. Um, so I think that uh, Rose should be pretty popular. And uh, I almost never play Ricky, but I think that this is a good week for Ricky. He's one of the best scramblers in the field. And I think that this course sets up well from him. Um, his odds on my bookie, you know, being tied as the second biggest favorite, I think is a bit surprising. So uh, yeah, I definitely like Fowler and Rose and, and DJ is my favorite play here. I'm curious what you think about Tommy Fleetwood because he's sort of getting a lot of buzz. I uh, from what I hear, I mean Fleetwood just never. I feel like I I almost never am on him. Like he he's a terrible scrambler, which as you mentioned before is really important. Like 96th over his last 24 rounds, 77th over his last 50. Uh, I just don't think that's good enough to get it done. Like he's decent in a lot of the other stats, but. Again, like not great on the par fours and not great at avoiding bogeys. So I feel like kind of the, the three mo- most important stats of the week. He's not a uh, he's he's like average to below average, and that I'm not into that. Especially if he's going to be popular, which you know you mentioned is is definitely looks like it's going to be the case. Yeah, I think he's going to be pretty chalky. You know, he's been one of the higher owned golfers I think at all the majors. So yeah, I'm with you on the Fleetwood fade for sure. Yeah, I think I think people just think that he's like due. I think people people feel similarly about Ricky, but like Fleetwood has uh, a lot of good like peripheral numbers at a lot of different courses, so people play him a lot, uh, and they're kind of expecting him to like win a major soon. So I feel like that's why he's he's always a little a little more owned than I'd expect. Yeah, that's fair. What about Spieth? Because he you know won the U.S. Uh, I'm sorry, won the Open last year, and tends to show well at majors, but his recent form is just dreadful. Yeah, like I thought about him, but I, I feel like I don't think he's going to be like dramatically less owned than someone like Rory. So that's why I'm kind of not looking that way. But he is he is excellent on the link style courses. Uh, Future of Fantasy dot com has like a list of like link specialists and Spieth is third in strokes gain total since 2014 on the links. And he is inside the top 20 in strokes gained on links versus uh, total strokes gained. Uh, so basically like links versus expected strokes gained. Uh, Spieth is in the top 20. So he's outperforming like his what he usually does, uh, which is obviously for the most part, pretty high level golf on the links. So definitely good narrative around Spieth if you want to play him. I, I just don't think that I will be. Same. Um, as far as betting purposes go, I think that this whole tier is a fade for me. I'm not sure how you yeah. feel about I mean, that. Yeah. But I think that, you yeah, know, if you golf, look at, I definitely like to get the guys. If you look at the past major winners, they've all sort of been, you know, like in the, in the next tier or the, even the tier lower. So I think that the majority of the value here comes from targeting the next couple tiers down. I, uh, I agree. I think that when I made my, I, I already splashed the pot a little bit on these, uh, <laughs> on these golf bets. Uh, so I did, I did bet Rose, okay. but he's like the only, he's the only guy in the top group that I bet. Gotcha. 
All right, so we're going to get into the rest of the golfers in a moment. But first, give me a chance to talk about our presenting sponsor, my bookie. Guys, you want to get your golf action in. You want to get action on, on ridiculous props like the gambling Olympics that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Like these, these are great props. These are great things that my bookie is doing. Um, you can only get them here. There's a, a bunch of different places, uh, you know, other books that have similar lines, of course, on the traditional sports, but you, it's a lot more fun happening at my bookie. There's weird player props. There's fantasy point props. There's all kinds of great stuff. And of course, they are the best at paying you out in the industry. I would only recommend a service has been good to me and my listeners. Make your way over to my bookie. They pay and they pay fast without any hassles. You're absolutely wasting your time betting anywhere else. Join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Just use promo code LANGTHEPOINTS to activate this special offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. Let's get into the next tier of players. Definitely some quality golfers. And like you mentioned, Matt, this is kind of where the winners seem to be coming from. Uh, we, have, of course, have Brooks Kepka at 22 to 1. Uh, Tiger, Sergio, and Jason Day are all 25 to 1. Uh, Henrik Stenson, uh, Francesco Molinari, and Patrick Reed are all 28 to 1. Alex Noren and Paul Casey are 33 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama, 35 to 1. And Tyrell Hatton, Brandon Grace, Mark Leishman, and Phil Mickelson are all 40 to 1. Matt, what do you think about this group? It's a good group. Uh, I think there's a lot of good good plays here and a lot of good golfers. The guy who's popping most for me is Paul Casey. He's trailing only DJ in my model right now. Really good scrambler. Um, hitting the ball well right now. Seventy uh, Over 70% greens in regulation over his past six starts. And he's coming off of a second-place finish in his last outing, which was at the Travelers. So uh, I think that Casey is going to be a really uh, popular DFS play, but he's somebody that I like, and I, I definitely like at 33-1. to 1. Uh, You know I'm going with my boy Francesco Molinari again. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at the guy's recent form. Now, granted, he's been doing it on uh, you know some of the smaller events, but first at the BMW second at the Italian Open, 25th at the U.S. Open, first at the Quicken Loans, and then second at the John Deere. Like, that is just disgustingly good. It's fire. So uh, he's been priced up a little bit. He's somebody that was consistently, you know, like 7K, 7,500 range. He's up to 8,600, but I don't care. Like, he's just a really, really good golfer. Um, You know, the scrambling numbers are good. He just checks all the boxes for me here. Um, Mark Leishman is interesting to me because of the weather angle. I'm sure that if you look at your windy AF conditions, he's going to be somebody that does well. Um, he, uh, tends to perform well at these majors as well. So I like Leishman at 40 to one. And then Kepka is interesting to me as well, because I, I don't know, like I said this during our U S open show, I don't know if people are really going to look to, to back him to win back to back majors. Because he, um, you know, doesn't have the same pedigree as like a Dustin Johnson or whatever. But as far as his statistics, he's way up there. Like he's a great golfer. Um, I think that he should probably be in that first tier. So I think getting him in the second tier of guys at twenty-two to one makes him pretty intriguing. Yeah, definitely. And Brooks is on. Brooks is actually first on the list in terms of uh, strokes gained on links courses and. Strokes gained versus expected. So he is definitely a very, very accomplished 
uh, link style golfer. Um, I think I like Tiger, Matt. Haven't gotten a chance to back <laughs> Tiger. I haven't, you know, I, he's been popular. He's been trendy. Now he's kind of not. Like, I think some of like the initial Tiger buzz has worn off. Like, you're never going to get him, you know, in DraftKings. You're never going to get him at uh, a really good ownership bargain. And, you know, in, in sports betting, you're always going to pay a little bit extra juice. But his stats really bear out to be pretty well. I mean, he's top 10 in my model over pretty much any uh, round amount outside of his last 100 rounds. You know, last 50 rounds and down, basically. He's top 10. Uh, and if you look at him in, in a bunch of the stats, you know, top 10 in scrambling, uh, second in tee to green over the last 24 rounds, uh, and over 50 rounds, his trends are even a little bit better. So I really think that this is a shot, uh, you know, a, a course where Tiger can compete. You mentioned earlier that this is a place where you can hit iron off the tee and do well. I think that that's going to be good for Tiger. He's really struggled with the driver since coming back. And, uh, you know, 25 to one, I, I think that that's reasonable. He's been he's been marked up, you know, more than this at the other majors. And I feel like this is the one that he has had that he has the best shot to win. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely interesting The the driving aspect is huge because that's been, you know, arguably his biggest weakness since he's returned is that he he sprays the driver all over the place. And that's not going to matter here. Um, the, the one thing that's holding me back is his recent greens and regulation are pretty poor. He's only 59% over his past six rounds. But again, like if he's trying to hit greens from the junk, that's going to lower his greens and regulation number. So right. if he's in the fairway, he'll have a much better chance of hitting greens and regulation. So, uh, I, you know, long term, his scrambling numbers are strong, uh, which is nice. It, he's definitely interesting. I think the, the big concern, as always, is ownership. So. We'll see. I think that a lot of people are going to want to play Tiger, you know, given the narrative that that you kind of just went along with. So I probably will not be rostering him. But yeah, like you said, 25 to one is, is pretty intriguing for him. Yeah. And of course, I, I back all the stuff you said with with Molly and Casey. Great golfers. I mean, Casey and Rose, I feel like are just if you play cash. Perennially PGA, like, underrated. Yeah. You just jam them in every time you play cash at, at a major like they they never really disappoint. So. I, uh, I'm with you on all those guys. The next tier, of course, it gets, it gets ugly quick in golf, I feel like, but there's, there are some good names. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 50 to one, Ian Poulter, 55 to one, Russell Knox, 60 to one, Louis Oosthuizen and Tony Finau are 66 to one, Bubba Watson, Thomas Peters, Matt Kuchar, Adam Scott, and Lee Westwood are all 70 to one, Bryson DeChambeau. Rafa Cabrera, Cabrera, Bayo, Patrick Cantley, Tong Lee, those are all 80 to 1. And then uh, Thorbjorn Olsen and Xander Schufele, 90 to 1. So we got some names here. I had to really work on those. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a tough tier for you. But this is, but this is the crew. And I think that uh, I think there's going to be some intriguing bets at DFS plays here. Matt, what do you got? I'm in on Tony Finau this time around. Um, Trick or treat. You know, it seems like he was going to be the mega chalk in the previous majors. I don't think that's going to be the case here. You know, again, it's just sort of like people are going to sort of fade the big drivers of the golf ball, but driving distance is still a benefit. You know, if you can hit the thing 300 with an iron, like you can hit it 400 plus with a driver. So 
I don't think you necessarily want to fade the distance guys, but you want to make sure that they check the other boxes as well. And I think that Finau does. Um, I really love his his salary on DraftKings at just seventy two hundred. You know, he was priced up to over ten thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, over eleven thousand in his most recent start. So, uh, you know, it's a it's a nice value here. Um, and you obviously, I get why. You know, it's a, it's a loaded field. You have to price some guys down, but I still think that in, t- in terms of pure talent, Tony Finau deserves to be way higher priced than seventy two hundred. Uh, definitely buy that. I mean, Finau is a is a crowd favorite at the very least, um, and very very priced down from a DFS perspective. I uh, I'm gonna really shock you here, Matt. Uh, I'm a fan of Bryson this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now he did withdraw last week from the John Deere with a shoulder injury, but you know he's been playing the practice round so far this week, and you know hasn't seemed to have any issues. And he is really in great form. Uh, you know, over his last 50 rounds, sixth in the model, top five over the last 12 and 24. Uh, and again, the key stats where the the money is made, 12th tee to green, third in bogey avoidance, 24th in scrambling, 11th birdie or better, 10th strokes gain on the par fours over his last 24 rounds. So he's playing really great golf. I mean, he's not an elite scrambler per se, but he's kind of scoring in all the other areas. Uh, you know, even if you listen to some of the interviews that he's had uh, since the injury, he's mentioned that, like, you know, he was hurt and he, he didn't play great like the last few holes before he withdrew. But, you know, for the most part, he feels like he's striking the ball really well, uh, does have a win this season. Uh, and I, so I think 80 to 1, he's a decent bet. Uh, I think you can bet him to be uh, top 10. That's plus 800. So I kind of like that as well. And, uh, I like him in DFS. I don't, this is like the first time in a while where I don't think he's going to be super chalk. Yeah, the which makes injury me feel more for inclined. sure should scare some people off. Yeah. Um, along the same lines, what are your thoughts on Henrik Stenson? We didn't really touch on him, but he's another guy who's sort of dealing with an injury. Uh, I'm not sure how that affects his ownership. If he's going to be low-owned, I think he's a fantastic play. I just don't know what... Uh, you know, the market is how the market is going to react to him. We have him projected at 70 to 20 percent right now, which is the highest golfer in the whole field. But I don't know. Like, I, I kind of think people might be scared off by his injury. He even came out and said he doesn't feel like he's 100 percent right now. Yeah, Roto Grinders has him projected pretty high, too. So I, I guess he is just going to people are going to ignore it. It's kind of funny how that works, like different golfers. Um, but I'm going to apply this listen to Stenson and his body and, and avoid him because like I I like him like obviously as a golfer. He's awesome. He's really accomplished. But if he's not like feeling right, I don't know if I if I want to get in on that. He's like a legitimate withdrawal threat. Like he's done it before. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I would probably just avoid if he's yeah. chalky. Yep. No, because if he plays, he's just a, a perfect fit for this course you know like yeah he's just gonna blast that three wood right down the middle like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and forth on him pretty much all week yeah i mean you gotta just set your your hendrick stenson alerts on twitter and just and just (laughs) wait to hear what happens um any other thoughts before we move on to the next year yeah there are some other guys here that i like um patrick cantlay checks all the boxes for me you know uh good scrambler you know, hitting the ball well at the moment. Um, I like Ian Poulter, you know, sort of playing the links angle 
Uh, I'm not sure what your your link stats say about him, but I like him as a European guy. You know, he's in in pretty good form. And uh, one other guy to keep an eye on is Louis Oosthuizen. Another guy, he's a South African, similar to uh, Leishman. Another you know guy familiar with link style courses. Uh, so those are three other guys from this tier that I'm keeping my eye on. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Oosthuizen actually has like a pretty funny quote on this uh on this future fantasy site he says the old course gets it right to me the greatest fun of some of the links courses are what i call a link hole where you've got to get from one area to another a good designer makes that hole playable my dream would be build a golf course in a sand area because i love links golf so he loves links golf there you go i'm in that's all i need uh now interesting that you didn't say anything about adam scott matt because i I'm know that he's with been him. <laughs> he's been your boy. I'm done with Scotty. Um, he's a guy that usually stands out to me on like driving courses and ball striking courses. And, uh, you know, I don't have any interest in rostering him at a course where I'm going to need some scrambling from him. So I'm done with Scott. Like, uh, I'm just done with him. I'm sorry. He's, I've, he's lost me more money than probably any player, regardless of sport. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you something to think about for the next couple of days here. Oh, it's that boy. Adam Scott is top five in both strokes gain total and strokes gain T to green when it is windy AF. <laughs> I'll never quit you, Adam Scott. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's get into the next tier here. Uh, Zach Johnson, Brent Snedeker, Andy Sullivan, all 100 to 1. Ryan Fox, Paul Dunn, Chris Wood. Kiradek, Afibarnrat, 110 to 1. Webb Simpson, Danny Willett, Matthew Southgate, Charlie Hoffman, Ross Fisher, Daniel Berger, Charles Schwartzel, Eddie Pepperdell, Martin Keimer, Brian Harmon, Matt Wallace, Julian Suri, 120 to 1. And uh, bringing up the rear of this tier, Benny Ahn, Jason Duffner, and Jimmy Walker, 140 to 1. Obviously, we have some, some real long shots here, Matt, but if you're trying to win a Millie, this is definitely probably the tier where you're going to need a guy or two. And uh, these are obviously some of the more fun bets from a uh, betting perspective. So what do you got? I'm going with the garbage man, Charlie Hoffman. <laughs> like I, he's just a good golfer. And uh, I like that he played the Scottish open last week. He put up a team, uh, a 19th place finish there, all four rounds under par um, like he's just a good player. He's underrated, I think, at his salary at virtually every major. So at just 7K on DraftKings, I do enjoy him. And then Ryan Fox, I think, is interesting. Um, he's another guy who is kind of an unknown to the PGA Tour uh, fans, but has had some really nice finishes of late uh, on the European Tour. He had an eighth a 41st at the U.S. Open, 44th at the Open de France, but then a second and a sixth in his last two tournaments. So in good form, um, really good scrambler, uh, just somebody that I like. I'm sorry, not a really good scrambler. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> there do we not, go. Yeah, do not take that to the bank. But um, just somebody, a good, a good ball striker, good greens and regulation. So... Ryan Fox is somebody that I think is interesting and probably won't command a ton of ownership. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, I'm into Sneds this week. 
Links guy, you know, second in uh, strokes gained on links versus expectation. So obviously he gets it done there. Top 20 in scrambling, or top 15 in scrambling over his last his last 50 rounds. That's obviously important. And of course, he's going to go a little low in the ownership this week. Um, coming off coming off some pretty good play as well. So I feel like, uh, you know, this is a good time to get on Sneds. He's not like, I don't know, he's not like a guy that I feel like I, I go out of my way for often. But if we're talking about a course that isn't going to prioritize distance, I feel like we got to consider Sneds. He does have, uh, you know, two top tens in his last uh, four finishes. So, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with Sneds. Like he's he's a guy that you don't figure to implode. Right. And with, like you said, with the lack of distance, he uh, has more upside here than normal. So I like that call. Yeah, and Webb Simpson is is my Adam Scott. So. I'm... <laughs> He always looks really good on paper, and he'll like three putt, you know, two two or three different times, and that'll be it. So, <sighs> one day, Webb, one day. Uh, <laughs> is there anyone one fifty to one or longer that you like as a potential bet or DraftKings play? I kind of like this this super long shot tier a little bit more than the just regular long shot tier. Super bomb. <laughs> Uh, one guy who's really popping in my models, and I'll be honest, I don't know very much about him, is Austin Cook. He's uh, projected for just 0 to 1% ownership, but an excellent scrambler long term. He uh, is one of the best in the business at, at in that department, and is coming off of some good recent form. He's a nice ball striker of late. So uh, he's somebody that I'm going to have some exposure to. I think he could be an interesting play here at, at for DFS. Uh, Chucky Three Bars, a.k.a. Charles Howell III. Yeah. Just always a solid golfer in these majors. He doesn't play a ton of golf anymore, but he still can get it done. And uh, I like Stuart Sink. A little bit of an old man play, but I think that he's another guy who can uh, provide some value at his current salary. Nothing wrong with an old man play. Got to. Bernard Longer, too, is somebody that I've thought about, by the way. Dominating the Champions Tour, as usual, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay away, I think, ultimately. Yeah, and uh, just to get another note on Howell before I get to a couple of other guys, like, if you're looking for, on DraftKings, like, a cheap guy that's going to make a cut, like, Howell's probably your guy. Yeah, he always he, makes the cut. Always makes the cut. He doesn't seem like he's going to be terribly chalky. So I don't know. He gets you some of those guys at the top that I feel like you're going to want to play. If you're playing cash, he's definitely a nice, a nice low dollar option. Uh, but I think even in tournaments, he can kind of give you, he can get you some some variance in your other spots uh, and give you you know a little bit of safety. Um, the big guy that I like in this range is Emiliano Grillo. Uh, seems to be gaining a little bit of steam from uh, the touting community, but with good reason. Uh, he's in really good form. The statistics for him are all really good. I mean, he's top 23 in all the key stats over his last uh, 24 rounds. And over his last 50 rounds, he is top 22 in all the key stats. So good consistency there from him. He seems to be a good fit here. Uh, I don't really understand why the price is so low because it does seem like, you know, the numbers would bear out that he should be a little higher. But, uh, you know, regardless, I think at 200 to 1, like he's a super bomb that you can maybe throw into your, your six pack like I did. And, uh, you know, you can make yourself a little bit of money. I think I also bet on the finish top 10, which is still, you have good odds there, 14 to 1. Uh, not bad. 
So I'm, I'm definitely in on Grio. Uh, and I also like Kevin Na, who I, I never thought I'd ever say that, but pretty similar, like a good course fit, like uh, not someone, you know, again, like kind of like a floor guy. Like I always feel like him and, and Howell are like pretty similar, very safe, uh, very safe to make the cut. Uh, and Na did win in his last event. So he's, he's actually playing pretty good golf. Uh, he's got, you know, a win and he's got uh, a fifth, a fourth and a sixth this year. So he's playing pretty well. I mean, some of those are obviously on, you know, some smaller events, not on a, such a big scale as, as a major, but I like not. Nothing wrong go. with that. Oh my God. No, there I'm it gonna is. Cut that. I'm going to cut that out. That won't You're be gonna... in here. <laughs> Worst pun of the show. Not from me. That That's really the biggest thing to have on record. Um, and, uh, I like Ryan Moore a little bit too as a DK play. Yeah, classic ball striker Ryan Moore. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I will say you you bringing up uh, two hundred to one odds for um, Henley Grio. Grio, sorry, John Vandeveld, who is probably the most famous golfer that you've never heard of with uh, his collapse at Carnoustie. He uh, had a two shot lead going into the seventy second hole. Ended up making a double bogey and losing in the playoff, but he went off at two hundred to one that week. So it's possible to win this tournament as a uh, a long shot, even though he didn't win. He should have won. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that Grio is going to have it locked up, and then he's going to go full Webb Simpson on the last hole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you watch the hole, like he hits it in the the little creek. They call it the burn that, that runs through the last hole. He's like taking his shoes off, rolling his pants up, whacking it all over the place. Uh, it's more of a Matt Lamarca than a Webb Simpson, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, make no mistake, if Grio is leading after three rounds, I will hedge hard. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, great stuff. Let's get to the book it, my bookie picks of the week, Matt. What do you got? I'm going with a matchup. I'm going with Ricky Fowler plus 105 over Rory McIlroy. Um, I know you like Rory from a DFS perspective, and I get that given the ownership, but I think that this course suits Fowler much better than it does McIlroy at the moment. So uh, I like the idea of getting plus odds with the guy that I think is the superior play here. I like it, Matt. I'm going to one of those wacky props I was talking about in the ad read. Emiliano Grio to be more owned than Chucky Three Sticks in the Millie is listed at even odds right now on mybookie.ag. And uh, that bet is already in for me. I'm locking that in <laughs> because, like I said before, Grio is picking up some steam. I think Howell is just going to be, you know, standard Howell. And I, I just, I really think that Grio is going to be more owned. Like, I, it's probably the bet I feel the most safe about. Out of all the bets I've made. So I, I, I jammed it in. If that hits, I pretty much can't do worse than breaking even this week. So there you go. Nice. That's that's the kind of bet I like, you know? Let's get the Grio steam going. That was really exactly. why you talked him up on this podcast. Now I see it. You just want to well, drive his ownership. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, everyone's listening to this podcast and not any of the other, like, 18 golf pods. Um, but I'm going to put a word out. There will be at least one Grio tweet. Got to boost that ownership. Get it up. Um, and we're sticking, we're sticking on the Grio train actually, cause I have another bet matchup minus 140 against Dylan Fratelli, 
who is a frittata. Like this guy, the numbers are just very, very bad. I mean, <laughs> 123rd in scrambling over his last 23 rounds, 96th in birdie or better, 92nd on the par fours, outside the top 80 in bogey avoidance. Like I, I can't really figure out why he is, uh, it is even this close. Interesting. Um, 99th or worse, you know, over his last 50 rounds and a lot of these stats. Like I just don't, to me, this is just a really nice bet. Like, okay. I, <laughs> There's a really good chance that Fratelli is it, like misses the cut. Obviously, Griot can miss the cut as well, but I I don't think that I think that this is a pretty good bet. Like if I was to handicap this myself, I would I would like Griot to be like at least two to one. So yeah, I will say that Fratelli was uh, the sleazes super sneaky pick of the week on the Fantasy Labs Golf Podcast. But uh, yeah, I don't I, I I'm fine with that. I mean, his last two events on the PGA, he missed the cut. He is coming off three finishes in the top 23 in a row, but those have all been on the European tour against, you know, a little bit of a weaker field. So, you know, at a tougher course with, uh, you know, a tougher, a tougher field, I could definitely see him missing another cut. So yeah, I have no problem with that pick. Yeah. This ain't Ryan Fox anymore. You got to beat Emiliano Rio. (laughs) Don't you you dare slander (laughs) the Fox. (laughs) All right, Matt, great stuff. Anything else before we get out of here? No, that's it. (laughs) It's a no for me, dog. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by MyBookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on MyBookie for using promo code LAYINGTHEPOINTS. For Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. on flavored e-cigs talks a lot about the technology and teen use but parents need to know more about the dangers of nicotine so know this one nicotine is a toxic poison that can rewire teens brains two it can increase mood swings three it can limit attention and learning so even when it tastes like candy nicotine is brain poison go to flavorshookkids.org for more Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.